Hi beautiful beings, welcome back to Love, Sex and Magic with me, your host, Mel Wells. Ooh, today's episode is really juicy for you if you are very into the psychedelic movement right now. So Jamie Sekou is the CEO and co-founder of Psychable, the number one most trusted and comprehensive online community dedicated to connecting those interested in legally exploring psychedelic assisted therapy with practitioners who can support them. With more than 15 years experience, Jamie has spent her career building as a serial entrepreneur and scaling multiple well-known startups as well as led initiatives and developed campaigns for global brands and household names. Her mission is to transform mental health care with psychedelic medicine. So in this conversation, we talked all about the psychedelic movement happening on our planet right now, how to navigate the different layers of resistance that people have towards it and how to know what kind of experience or what kind of medicine is right for you. We talk about ceremony, we talk about the indigenous tribes, we talk about ketamine therapy, microdosing and so much more. So let's dive in. What I see you really doing is bridging so many different worlds together. The worlds of technology, the world of psychedelic, of plant medicine, of spirituality, and just bring these these worlds just colliding into this new this new era that we're that we're going into. And I really see that you're playing such a huge role in that. So on behalf of humanity, thank you for accepting the call because it, I can feel like how big this mission is and what it means to you. Thank you. I am so humbled, first of all, um, to be called. And I am of service up to the highest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I am deep, deep, deeply grateful to be here with you today. Yeah. When you first walked through the door, the first thing that I spotted was you had a Rhythmia bag. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you have arrhythmia, Mag. <laughs> so you went to arrhythmia. So that was both of our first ayahuasca experiences. Yeah. Was that your first psychedelic experience as well? It was. Okay. It was. Yeah. So I want to hear, like, how did the world of plant medicine and psychedelics first appear on your path? Mm-hmm. What is your personal journey with it before you realized, oh, holy shit, this is my purpose? Yeah. <sighs> to put it really bluntly, um, ayahuasca saved my life. Um, I was raised by a father who was incredibly abusive and alcoholic. Uh, that set me on a path of dealing with depression as a lifelong issue. Um, I was put on various forms of SSRIs, and it just made things worse for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was nine years old, my, da- my dad got taken away by the police wow. uh, because I disobeyed him for going to church. Wow. And he kicked me out of the house, and the police found me. And... Um, that left me as the eldest to step in to raise my two younger brothers while my mother was working four to five jobs just to make ends meet. Mm. So I didn't really have a childhood growing up. Um, but what it did for me was not only develop a lot of character, resilience, and integrity. It propelled me into adulthood with a lot of overachiever type A tendencies. Mm-hmm. Always, I know that one. <laughs> mm-hmm, always wanting to be the best that I could be mm-hmm. and do. A lot of doing. Yeah. And you say you're the oldest sibling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's like a pattern for like the oldest sibling, yeah. you know. <laughs> a lot of responsibility. We carry a lot yeah. of responsibility. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, in, in that doing, 
I found myself oftentimes as the only woman, youngest executive in very male-dominated industries. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward to around five years ago, um, I was an executive at a management consulting firm where I was the only woman, the youngest, the only minority on the executive team. Mm-hmm. And after two years of working there, I ended up getting really, really sick. I had globs of my hair fall out. I was wow. waking up in middle night puddles of sweat. Um, I had developed brain fog where I couldn't even remember the next word I was going to say. And um, when these symptoms arose, I ended up plummeting into the depths of depression. Mm. Um, And, you know, for me, I've always been sort of a high-functioning depressive person. I could put on the mask and the smiley face and Mm -hmm. pretend to the world that everything was perfect and fine. Mm -hmm. But this time I couldn't shake it. It brought me to my knees. And, um, this is also at a point where I spent tens of thousands of dollars seeing Western medical doctors that ran all these blood tests and said that I checked out normal. And mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't normal. Something's seriously yeah. wrong, but nobody could help me. And I was so ashamed. I was so embarrassed. My mother didn't even know how depressed I was. Nobody knew. I was so ashamed. Um, and so I was suffering alone in silence and, um, and then in a span of one week, I had two people in different parts of my life. My younger brother, who is a former tech founder, sold his company at 26 years old, um, found his way to the plant medicine. He just happened to be doing it. And then he called me literally the next day, sharing with me how the ayahuasca experience transformed him. And then in the same week, I had a girlfriend of mine who didn't know my brother also share with me how ayahuasca transformed her life. And for her, she went to this like five-star resort in Costa Rica with doctors and nurses 24-7 on the side. And, you know, that piqued my interest Mm -hmm. because up until that point, I never did drugs. I didn't even know what drugs look like. I've actually Mm -hmm. never been drunk in my life because of what I witnessed with my father. Of course, yeah. Um, but thankfully, I always consider myself a spiritual person, mm-hmm. and I pay attention to signs. And I had a curiosity bubble up within me of like, what is this thing coming to my field twice in a week? Mm-hmm. And it was that curiosity that led me to jumping down the rabbit hole of researching everything I could about ayahuasca and, and psychedelics. And um, in that research, I just came to an epiphany. I was like, What is there for me to lose at this point? I'm at the end of my rope. Wow. And, um, and so two days uh, without telling anyone, two days later, I jumped on a flight to Costa Rica and I sat with ayahuasca for four nights and it saved my life. And not only did it save my life, it gave me a renewed sense of purpose. And in everything that I do is to be in service. Mm. This is the reason I'm still here. And this Mm. is the reason I'm still alive. Mm. And so this has brought me on the path of devotion. Yeah. I have devoted my life to this work Mm. to spread my story and the experience that I had and my truth so that it can help just even one person out there who's struggling. Mm. Um, And so since doing ayahuasca for the first time five years ago, I haven't been depressed since. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I and, can, and I can totally believe that yeah, yeah. because I really feel that like depression is a symptom of being on the wrong path, off your path, out Bingo. of alignment, you know? Bingo. 
my definition of depression is a misalignment with one's soul. That's exactly it. That's I was exactly so it. off track. Yeah. I was so bought in into the rat race and like never wanting to be poor ever again mm -hmm. and just wanting to make that money and to like buy into that whole hustle mentality, just constant hustle, do, 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 was very much in the masculine, right? Mm -hmm. Like I surrounded myself with all men. Men, right. And wounded men. You were living in a man's world. Yeah. Yeah. And then also being harmed. Some mm -hmm. of the biggest harm has come from working with men and white men and white women mm -hmm. because for me and my 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 belief is that we still live in a very patriarchic world built around white supremacy mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of systems in place and those all need to be dismantled mm -hmm. and we all need to be learning how to collaborate with one another to work mm -hmm. with each other to come from a heart center place yes our humanity depends on it. Yes. No more fighting. It is time. This is this is a call for a new shift, a new way of being, and it's time, right? And while I say that, I can I can't also bypass the harm that has been done. Mm. So we need to we need to all learn how to heal ourselves and what that healing looks like for ourselves, mm. so that we can continue be in collaboration with one another. That's been my work too. Yeah. You know, Beautiful. I'm still working through that. Yeah. I'm so happy that you touched on that. I'm so happy that you went there and spoke about that because what comes up for me when you share that is the psychedelic movement, the renaissance that we are in, this era of plant medicine coming to the forefront mm -hmm. and the concern that the roots of the indigenous cultures are not being brought along with it yeah and that is so important yeah and I know how deeply you care about that mm -hmm. and you know just before we had this interview you were sharing that you you the, a lot of these spaces are not diverse enough Correct. still Correct. Yeah. despite like the roots of where this medicine comes from and like the true heart of this medicine being in the indigenous yeah these medicines have been around for thousands and thousands of years, and these are rooted in indigenous communities. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think we as a Western society, we're still a young country. So young. We're so young, and there's so and much and to we're learn. we're so arrogant to think that we know so much more. It's the ego. It's the ego. That's why it's so important to humble ourselves and come with humility the thing that I practice and try to embody on a day-to-day -day basis, on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, is the second I think I know something is the second I know nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And so how do I hold that space for all of that to enter and to also honor the past and our ancestors and these indigenous communities which these plant medicines come from? Hmm. Right? The answers are already there. The answers are there already. We just have to slow down, look back, and ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. Ask the right questions and be in communion with these indigenous leaders and elders and community, yeah. right? You know, the biggest thing around psychedelics and plant medicine work is integration, integration and therapy. That's a foreign concept in these indigenous communities. Why? Because they are already in community. Mm. They're yeah. already in community, and here we are as a Western society so disconnected yeah. with one another, so immersed in our devices and social media. 
We're so mm-hmm. disconnected with each other. We're so lonely, right? And so we we really need to look at what's happening and what has happened in these indigenous communities and learn from them. Mm-hmm. I just came out of two of the largest psychedelic conferences in which I spoke on stage. And it made me so sad because I, while I look at out in the audience and I love that, you know, yes, we're early in the Western society to catch up to plant medicine and, and we're convening. I see a monoculture out in the audience and I look on stage and I see the same thing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, where are all the indigenous elders here with us? Why are they on stage with us? Yeah. Why aren't we in communication with one another? Mm. And so the future that I see is one that is immersed and integrated with ancient wisdom and modern science. We need that. We yes. really need that. I really feel that. Yes. I really deeply feel that. It's it's just such a it's just so sad. It's so devastating that we don't have the humility yet to be able to to lift to lift that culture up to to put those people on stage and I really really want that to happen. I really see that as like that's the only way really that this can work, that this can really, you know, be healing for all of us. Yeah. And and really honor the sacred traditions and where where this has come from and we're so we're so privileged to even have access Correct. to this. If I can add to yeah. that is not only on stage, but in the audience. Yeah. I had to take a moment even before answering the question from the moderator mm-hmm. to really honor the communities that were absent in the audience and in this space, right? If we look at the history of psychedelics and even drugs, it is, it, it's been a war on race. Yeah. And so as I'm talking to my BIPOC community colleagues, they don't even want to touch it with a 10-feet pole. Why? Because they will be the first to get arrested. Wow. Right? So we need to remove those barriers. Mm-hmm. We need to call out mm-hmm. the shadows around why, mm-hmm. why is it like this right now? We need to really examine that and really have a real talk and real conversations around this mm. and normalize these conversations so that all can participate. Absolutely. Right? I, I, I personally took a risk coming out of the closet, but I had to. There was no choice for me, right? I, when, when you're at a point where you're, like, you're almost going to die, um, and life as you know it ends and and that you don't see a reason to continue living on and then you come out through that, right? There's no fear of death for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And when you figured out that game, game on. Yes. <laughs> right? So when we talk about representation, it's not only in the in the space of these conferences, but even in our own company – I'm challenging our team that on every level there needs to be diversity. We need to be mirroring and reflecting society and the healing that needs to take place because there is not a one-size-fits-all solution to healing. And my belief is that we have our own inner intelligence on how to best heal ourselves. Mm, Absolutely. 
So tell us about this incredible company that you're building. First of all, I want to hear like where, how did this drop into your awareness? Where did this come from? What was like the moment where you were like, holy shit, this is a massive assignment and I'm going to do it. So after my first plant medicine experience, um, I went into a lot of introspection, right? And as an entrepreneur, I love solving problems. And for me, I just went inside. I was like, what were some of the biggest problems and injury to barriers for me to even access this medicine? I had so much fear, so much trepidation and so much judgment, right? Like I was the poster girl for no on drugs. I believe mm, that same. here is your brain on drugs. And there was the two eggs frying in the plan, you know, like I believed, I bought into all of it and I was incredibly judgmental. I thought weed was crack and I lost friendships over that. I dismissed friendships because that person smoked weed. Like that's how judgmental I was. I was so extreme, Mm -hmm. right? So, so in that introspection, I was like, how could I really bring education into this space? What could I have used and needed for me when I was so sick that I couldn't even help myself? And it was those questions that I kept asking myself and meditating on and praying on that I was like, wow, we really need like a Yelp for psychedelics where we can, where, where we can not only keep practitioners and retreat centers accountable, Mm. And people who are doing medicine in this space, but we can really leverage and crowdsource reviews to really create that sense of safety and trust when making a decision, Hmm. right? Because this, this journey with plant medicine is such a personal one. It is not for everyone. You know, I, the warning I want to put out there is that this is not for everyone, And just because it's like the new and sexy thing and everybody is talking about it doesn't mean it's for you. And you really need to educate yourself on making the best informed decision for yourself. And so from there, what was really important for me was not only talking the talk, but walking the walk. And for me, that looked like enrolling in a master's program in psychology focused on psychedelic assisted therapy at the California Institute of Integral Studies. And so really immersing myself as a practitioner, understanding what all the different modalities with therapy is Mm. and how I can continue to bring it into the space as I'm building the company. Mm. And so fast forward to the beginning of this year, on January 8th, I met my co-founder, Matt Zeman. He's a fairly uh, successful serial entrepreneur, built multiple businesses, made enough money where he really doesn't have to work. But he himself went through a very transformative experience with mushrooms and that reunited him with his parents, which both of them died while he was in college. Wow. So that just triggered him to just spend the rest of his life, just heads down, focused on just building businesses for business sake. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then three years ago, he had a guided psilocybin ceremony and that was a very transformative experience for him. And he's like, wow, I need to dedicate my life into this work. And so a mutual colleague of mine brought us together after hearing both of our stories. And we just chatted and talked about our backgrounds and as entrepreneurs and how we wanted to be of service into the space. And Matt asked me, do you have an idea? I was like, 
boy, do I have an idea for you. <laughs> and so I pitched him this whole idea of a Yelp for psychedelics and wh- why it's needed. And he's like, let's do it. So February rolls around. We raised our first round of funding. And the contingency of that funding was we had to use it all within eight weeks. Oh, wow. So that led us to bring on 62 people into our team in one week time. Oh, I think that's unheard of. Unheard of. And then the following week, we started our eight-week sprint. And so the model that we used was this thing called EOS from this book called Traction. It's Mm -hmm. the Entrepreneur Operating System. And so we had scorecards. We divide the team into individual groups. You know, we had a web team, we had a content team, we had a legal team, we had a research team, on and on. And then each team had their own respective scorecards that met into, rolled into the company's goal and ultimately what we wanted to achieve. And we launched it in seven weeks time on April 19th, which happened to be bicycle, the bicycle day, the day LSD was founded by Hoffman. Wow. And that was not even planned. So it was all written in the stars. And it just was like such an affirmation that when you are on the path, mm. everything just hyper accelerates and it just, it happens. But it also requires you to show up and do the hard work. Yes. So. Amazing. Yeah. I hope you are loving this episode so far. I just want to interrupt to let you know about my queendom mastermind. So calling all conscious female leaders, healers, entrepreneurs who are here to change the world. I'm talking to you right now, queen. If you are an established coach, healer, influencer, or mentor who knows that you're here for something big, and I mean really big, but you maybe you're finding that things aren't quite flowing in your mission, your business, or your vision, and you want to expand, Maybe you find yourself really motivated on a Monday, but then you feel like you need to peel yourself off the floor with a spatula on Friday because you are so overworked. Or maybe the results that you're getting for your clients are amazing, but you need help in how do I reach more people? How do I expand my audience? How do I grow my impact? Maybe you have so many plates spinning right now in your business that your self-care is being neglected how you're running your business is maybe not sustainable. I totally hear you, by the way, because this used to be me and I ran my business like this for so long with so many questions, but constantly burning myself out. You know, I would fall asleep at my desk. I would put my self-care last. And that is just how I thought running a business was. It's how I thought that entrepreneurship was. So if you relate to this, please just take a breath. It's okay because... What I realized is that it was time for me to make a decision. It was time for me to go from just a burned out entrepreneur or a girl with a business to really stepping into my leadership, to really stepping into my divine feminine power as a leader in this new world. So really in the last few years, I've committed myself to not hustling, to not overworking, to doing things in a more feminine, in a more soulful, in a more nourishing way so that I can effortlessly and intuitively lead my business and lead my clients. This is how I believe the new paradigm of coaching and business should be for women. This is you stepping into your queendom. So 
If listening to this sets your heart on fire, then I want to invite you to apply to join my mastermind, The Queendom, which is a 12-month journey for female change makers who are here to make a big impact in the world. This is a very intimate group. This is my smallest group of women that I meet with very often. It's very intimate, very supported. And inside The Queendom, you're going to have a sisterhood of women just like you. You're going to receive coaching by me for a whole year, monthly trainings and workshops on calling in your clients, how to launch your program, how to create the programs that your soul desires to birth into the world. You're going to learn about how to build and create your own podcast, how to build a membership, All of these things are trainings that I create for my Queendom members alongside getting coaching with me on strategy, on energy, on embodiment as well. You're also going to get epic guest sessions from some of the people in my life, mentors, peers in this industry who I love to bring in to help support. So joining the Queendom is not for everyone, but it's for you if you want to not only create transformational results in your business but if you also deeply care about your health and your success as a woman you know really in the queendom we're doing inner work on ourselves so that we can step up and become better leaders for our clients for our audience for our community so if this feels like a soul yes for you and you are ready to do business and leadership in an entirely new way then I invite you to follow the link in the show notes and submit your application now again this is not for everyone this is for you if you have a business if you're already on your feet and you are ready to play big you are ready for the next step you are ready to scale up your impact and income in the world I truly believe that you are here to change the world. And if you are running a business, if you are serving others, that is the perfect vehicle to help you do that. It really doesn't have to be hard or a slog. It can feel like a heart-centered mission and vision that you just cannot wait to show up for each day, queen. So the Queendom 2022 is now enrolling. We start mid-January. So get your applications in and I really look forward to reading them. Okay. Back to the episode. Can you speak a little about like the difference between psychedelic plants and psychedelic drugs that do not come from plants? Because it mm. is my understanding that like there are these plant medicines, but then there are also psychedelic therapies now right. that are not from mm-hmm. the plant world. And I've noticed definitely in myself, in my journey, I'm way more open to the plant medicine space than I am to like, oh, like when I hear about like ketamine therapy and MDMA therapy, I'm like, that, that feels different to me because Mm -hmm. those are the drugs that I was like, no, Mm -hmm. we do not go anywhere near these. But when it's like, oh, this is plant medicine and the indigenous have been using it for thousands of years, then I'm like, I can get on board with that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm able to come at it from like a spiritual and like healing sense. Mm -hmm. That's my way into it. But I know a lot of other people want to come in from the science based way. You know, what is the data on depression? What is the data? Like, what is this? How is this being used to treat X, Y, Z? So can you speak a little about that? Because I think my my listeners are so used to hearing me talk about plant medicine, mm-hmm. but they've never heard me speak about the other types of medicine that are also psychedelic. 
So in, in my perspective, right, to your point, there's the plant medicine that comes from the plants. And I really resonate with you because for me, I've only really done more work with the plants than I have with the synthetics or the lab-made medicines. Um, so the way I look at it is in the, in the plant medicine bucket, you have like ayahuasca, mushrooms, peyote, San Pedro, ibogaine, and there's so much other ones that um, aren't even known mm-hmm. um, for certain reasons too, by the way. And then the, on the other, other side, you have, um, you know, the, the ones that are lab made like ketamine, which by the way, is the only legal form of psychedelics today. Um, you have, uh, MDMA, um, you have, um, LSD and so on and so forth. So, you know, there's sort of this two camps, like, you know, the purists that stay in the plant medicine camp and then the other ones that are, have, have experimented, um, whether through raves or recreationally. And so I've also had my judgment around that. And I've always, always felt like I wasn't really called to that sort of lab made stuff. Mm. Um, but, um, given the, given the space that we're in, given where, um, the company, our company is moving towards, um, for us, it was really important that our work stayed above ground, which meant that we can only work with things that are legal. Mm-hmm. And the only thing of that's course. legal today, like I said, is ketamine. Um, and so that was a bit of a rec- reconciliation with myself. And I really had to drop in deep of like, okay, if I'm going to offer this in our business, am I okay with this? Because I have to be okay with this for it to even be part of this business. I need to make sure that it's safe and that it's trustworthy. So so I personally in the past have worked with an MD actually um, with ketamine. So I did the intramuscular and I also did the lozenge. Um, and both were very powerful experiences and it humbled me. It humbled me tremendously because I had this judgment again of like, well, I've done ayahuasca. Like how, how much more powerful can it be? Um, but I was very humbled by the experience and it Mm. was tremendously transformative for me Mm. as well. Um, and done in the right set and setting in the right environment. Um, it really helped me even navigate with things like panic attacks or anxiety. Some of the things that, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, oftentimes like those things can come up for us because of just mm-hmm. all the things that are on our plates. So um, wow. it, it's definitely helped me a lot okay. in that respect. And then also with MDMA, um, mm-hmm. I never felt called to it only until recent. And um, I've done MDMA twice now um, in, again, the right set and setting, which also is really important, not mm-hmm. in a party sense. Um, but more from a healing a connection sense. Mm-hmm. And that has um, that has really helped me heal me of like my heartbreaks and help me understand and invite um, more love into my life too. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. So what the set and setting with ketamine, MDMA, do you advise like the similar with the traditional plant medicine? Is it the same like ceremony because I imagine like there's there's like who's facilitating that Mm -hmm. you know it's not a a shaman that's coming in presumably yeah so let me kind of rewind and kind of bring you to date of like how we've moved from the Yelp of psychedelics to then now building what we're doing behind the scenes okay as a telehealth company delivering ketamine assisted therapy so um 
So we launched the Yelp of psychedelics. Um, we have over 2,500 practitioners on our site now on our platform. We have over 200 medically reviewed articles written by subject matter experts. We have a whole community component it's built on a safe encrypted platform for people to reach out to each other one-on-one and to all mm. the practitioners as well. They cannot do anything illegal or, you know, or, or, or ask for where they can get illegal substances, but they can ask for integration, guidance, um, sitters, that sort of thing. And that's really come from a place of community service. So that's all free for practitioners and for anyone that wants to use the site. Um, right after we launched the site, Matt and I actually had never met in person. All of this was done remote. We were COVID baby. And we came out of the launch um, and dropped into our corporate retreat three days with a Colombian indigenous shaman doing ayahuasca. And our intention was to ensure that we had continual alignment with the medicine as we continue to build the business. And so as we were coming out of ceremony the last day, the message that we had received from the medicine was to make these medicines as accessible as possible, done with integrity and the gold star standard, mm-hmm. which ultimately means keeping people safe. So that then led us to really visioning out what this company and which direction we're moving towards. And this is now why we're building the telehealth company to deliver ketamine-assisted therapy in mind with all the other medicines that will be coming up online and legalized in the next three to five years with MDMA and mushrooms. However, integration therapy is such a crucial component. And I see out in the landscape what's happening. A lot of companies are trying to jump on this bandwagon of just blasting medicine out to society. And we absolutely don't subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. I would prefer, first of all, making sure you're the right candidate to receive this ketamine medicine and also, you know, vet it out and, you know, running you through an intake process first and foremost to make sure you actually should be doing this medicine. And if you're not, then try breath work, try yoga. There's multiple paths to that, to to the same place, right? So... You know, that's, I would say that's so important to keep in mind. And the way we're thinking through it is um, once you you go through the intake process, um, you, if you are a candidate to receive this medicine, um, you'll get a script that's written. It will be fulfilled in a compounding pharmacy. It will be mailed to your home. When you're ready to do the medicine, there, there's preparation that will send you. It's kind of like before you fly an airplane, let's make sure we'll check all engines and here's your checklist. You have a proper uh, time to really set your intentions mm-hmm. and then we'll connect you to a therapist online. Um, which will go through all your checklists, make sure you're prepared, make sure you have your intentions set. And that Beautiful. first experience, the therapist will be with you and just sitting with you, holding space with you. And then the experience is only 45 minutes to an hour. And when you come out of it, the therapist will receive you, will talk about how your experience was, what mm-hmm. came up for you, and then ask and invite you to journal. Because that's really when your your brain is so open at that time and there's a lot of different 
pass pathways being formed in your brain. Um, and it's a really good time to really integrate from that experience. Mm. So wow. I hope that gives you a good picture of that. Absolutely. It's, it's actually really opening and expanding my perspective because I'm having these like memories come back of when I was growing up being like so afraid of things like ketamine that you would hear in the newspaper like this girl died from taking ketamine uh, it's a horse drank, tranquilizer is what we were told you know this is like so dangerous yeah. and like can you even have imagined that like here I am at 31 and having these conversations about like ketamine for like transforming our lives and yeah. healing and um healing all all kinds of things I'm mm. like it makes me sad because I'm like how have we been lied to for this whole time? Like how, how is it so, how is it so the opposite mm -hmm. of what we were told? Yeah. You know, how, how is this, this big war on drugs that was so big and ha has made so many people afraid to even go near this yeah. kind of thing. So many people won't even open this podcast episode because they'll be like, no, too much resistance, too much programming, you know? And now it's like, we're having to like slowly like massage each other open again mm -hmm. to this to these modalities being something different than what we've been told that they are yeah. you know the well, integration piece mm -hmm. i'll just say the integration piece so important and so opposite to what our society is used to right. which is take a pill it goes away yeah right it's not an nlbl solution so we've got to learn an entirely new way yeah. of healing ourselves and working with medicine that is sacred because we're so used to being so heavily medicated just popping pills yeah. just consuming consuming like fix this fix that you know people are getting diagnosed with something and then they've got like a, a thing full of pills to take for it and this is like no 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 the work is in the space that you're not taking something the space the months following your experience how do you show up in your life after that? What realizations come through? What messages come through? Yeah. What path do you find yourself to be on months down the line? And that's like, we're, we're really re-educating a culture on how to be. Yes, how to be. And I really want to tap on that and, and, and expand on that because what's coming up for me is, first and foremost, we've been a very drug-fueled society. And by the way... There are drugs that are legal today, like alcohol, sugar, caffeine. So many FDA-approved things. Well, and, and <laughs> let's talk about alcohol. I mean, alcohol itself is so damaging, right? Mm. It destroys families. It destroys the human and yep. all that. When There's chaotic usages around all of these things. So regardless of what you want to call it, drugs are drugs and medicines are medicines, right? Like it's, you know, it's, it's about let's be grown-ups. Let's really educate ourselves and grow up and be responsible on how we are approaching these types of drugs or medicines, mm. right? Dr. Carl Hart talks about this a lot. He talks about how um, we really just need to grow up and really educate ourselves. And, and it's not for children, this, these things aren't for children. No, but it's like the messaging <laughs> around it has infantilized us and made us so scared. Right, of because it. because there's also people who haven't been responsible in the usage of these drugs slash medicines. Mm. Right, mm. they just haven't been. Re you have to be responsible with these things. Mm. It's just like we have to go to the DMV to take a driver's test in order to get our driver's license. 
we need to educate ourselves in terms of what we are actually doing yeah. and really feeling in ourselves, is this right for me? Is this right for me? Is this container right for me? Is this set and setting right for me? I'm at a party. Is it okay for me to take ketamine right now? Or am I just being peer pressured? Mm-hmm. Are we adults or are we children? So right? let's talk about this this whole ketamine thing because I'm really interested in who is it right for? Is it for someone that's um, just intrigued and curious about it? Is it for someone that has a specific thing that they want to heal? Like who's the kind of people that's showing up for, for this therapy? Yeah, there's two segments. There's the bettering the well and, and, um, and really opt, uh, sorry. Uh, there's the optimization side of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the bettering the sick, right. Uh, or healing the sick and bettering the well. That's, mm-hmm. that's the two segment. So for folks who are, you know, like, Hey, life feels good right now, but I'm having, um, I want to, I want to continue to evolve as a human being and I want to be on a path of growth, but nothing's really wrong with my life. Okay. If I want some expansion, this might be something you want to look into, but again, done in the right setting, um, mm-hmm. with the right guidance in partnership with a licensed therapist, um, somebody who is um, a practitioner that has has you know education in this space, um, and then the other segment, which is the segment that I'm really passionate about, is um, really healing the sick. Right. So for those who have anxiety, depression, mood disorders, eating disorders, um, this this is certainly some some area that you want to explore for yourself. So Mm. with respect to telehealth, we're really looking at, if you have depression, you look at a scale of one to 10, we're treating one, the one to seven, right? If you're, if you have major depressive episodes, this probably is not for you. You would want to look into intramuscular or even IV infusions of ketamine. Mm. And that's really something that you should go into in in clinic setting. So it's just a higher dose, but it can, it is absolutely suitable, the right drug for depression? Again, each person needs to educate themselves Mm -hmm. properly, read everything they can about this type of treatment and talk to a doctor or practitioner to see if it's right for them. Right. And they really have to sink into themselves and really ask themselves, is this right for me? And I always say, if it's not a full fuck yes, then it's probably not the right time for you to do this. Coming even from a personal lived experience after doing ketamine for my first time, um, I did it when I was experiencing some anxiety. And so when I went into the experience, it broke me away from this like repetitive loop that was happening in my head, this pattern that I didn't even really notice. Mm. Um, But when I was in the experience, I was like, oh, wait a second, there's another way of being. And there's another way of like, why am I so worried about this? This is not even a big deal anymore. So it just shifts your perspective. And so coming out of it and integrating from that, I was like, oh, this, this thing that keeps coming up for me doesn't really matter anymore. And so that anxiety that is associated with that particular matter went away for me. Mm. Right. So 
So these medicines, these treatments really helped you start shifting and it, 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 it helps you look at it from a different perspective, even when you don't even know, even when you're not even conscious that those things are happening for you. Right. So it's, it's really interesting. And it also helps bring it like unresolved things, unresolved trauma, things that I thought I've already dealt with that. I don't need to deal with it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the medicine has a way of doing that. It really does. It really does. It, you know, sometimes it reconnects me with my seven-year-old self and, and that child part Mm -hmm. of me that like needs a little bit of attention and love. Like, oh, oh, you're there. Oh, okay. What do you need? How can I support you? There's so many different parts to us, so many different parts to us. And so these, this type of treatment, these types of medicines allow us to re-engage with those parts and allow those parts to surface and to really give us the message that it needs to give us. Otherwise it just, it just kind of stows away. It just like, we like repress it. And then all of a sudden we have like this kink in our neck and it's like not going away and this chronic pain that's like constantly bothering us. And we're like, what's, what's happening. And so it's really being in communion with your body and really like connecting with it, allowing it to talk to you and speak to you, allowing the message to come up and to share with you what it needs to say or express, Mm -hmm. right? Our body is so intelligent. It's constantly giving us messages, but we so, we just disassociate ourselves constantly from it because it, you know, there's being part of human is also a lot of suffering and pain, Mm. right? I've done a really good job of disassociating myself with my body. Mm. And so these medicines allow me, ketamine has allowed me to really get back in touch with my body and like really be in connection with it, going to the place where I'm feeling physical or somatic pain in my body, allowing that to rise and examining and allowing it to say to me, Hey, you're not paying enough attention here. What's happening? What's happening? Okay. Mm. Talk to me. I'm giving you space. Let's slow down. Talk to me. Yeah. Give me the message that I need and let me take care of you. It feels to me that the more you continue on the medicine path, obviously with a lot of integration work and a lot of intention around it, Mm -hmm. it feels as though you just become so much more attuned Mm -hmm. to yourself, to the world, a lot more sensitive because your energy is a lot more open. Mm -hmm. But it also means you can feel so much deeper. Mm -hmm. You know, there are times like since, since I got on the medicine path myself I will cry over things that wouldn't have necessarily touched me before Mm. you know I will Mm. feel things for other people that I've never even met before that that I would not have done before right I can like sense the collective energy of the planet a lot more and I really think that that is the medicine putting us back in touch with humanity with mother nature with ourselves and going hey like remember like this is who you are like you've been so disconnected you've been so dis disassociated mm. like this is the truth mm-hmm. feel it mm-hmm. that's what it feels like yeah i feel like that has definitely come up for me even more potent um in relationships i deeply resonate <laughs> i mean yeah, we were just me more. yeah we were just talking before we came into the studio just about um, my last breakup and the role that ayahuasca played in that and how mm. we got onto the medicine path together really and exploring a lot together and sitting in ceremony together and this is something that I think everyone needs to be aware of is like if you are 
getting onto the path of working with medicine, like don't expect your life to just continue the same. Things will change. Mm-hmm. Um, things that are not in alignment will fall apart no matter how much you try mm. to keep them glued together. Because yeah. when you know some, when you get shown something, then you can't unsee it. Correct. Once you tap into something, then you can't unsee it. For me, I was in a really healthy, beautiful, committed partnership. And he went and drank ayahuasca in a, in a retreat setting without me. And he was shown something. And then he came back and it was like, it's over. Mm-hmm. out of nowhere and so I mean I don't want to take up all of like <laughs> this is a, obviously like I've spoken about this on the podcast before but deeply deeply heart heart-wrenching and thought that I was dying mm-hmm. and I could feel the medicine present throughout the whole experience mm-hmm. so at first I was like fuck you ayahuasca you ruin my life right now like what are you doing to me like I've like I've trusted you I've mm-hmm. sat in these ceremonies like I've you know da, 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 da. like I've I'm in service week. I'm, I'm in, in service. service exactly I'm sharing this message with everyone and then you go and fuck me over like what yeah. are you doing to me yeah. you know this was the love of my life like what what are you doing and I was like I'm not I'm not for a minute I was like I'm not gonna be in this space anymore because mm-hmm. I just cannot And, but like, but still there was this voice inside me that was like, no, 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 this is, this is for your highest good. Mm. This is the medicine guiding you as well as him. Mm. Right. So even though it was brutal and even though it was harsh, I actually would never have left any other way. Mm -hmm. So now on the other side of it, you know, seven, eight months down the line, like I have an incredible new life that I've built, incredible new friendships, relationships, just insane like insanely connected to my purpose and I'm like oh thank you because I don't know another way that I would have got here yeah right now Mm -hmm. so I'm like oh thank you medicine Mm -hmm. because actually that was brutal and it was what I needed yes really really was yes and that like I'm deeply deeply grateful for that experience even though it was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through yeah and I feel like that is the way of working with medicine, it's going to be hard. Yes. You're going to face off yes. with your worst nightmares, potentially. Yeah. And you, if, if you're out of alignment, it will be brutal in getting you back into alignment sometimes. It's not going to be gentle. Correct. You know? Well, oftentimes because our egos are so stubborn and so yes. strong. Yes. And that it actually takes that that degree yeah. to yeah. wake to us, wake us up. up. Exactly. And now, <laughs> it's so funny because now I'm like on the, on the side of like, Oh my God, like, thank, like, I would never have been able to, like, there's so much that I can see about, like, of course that wasn't the right relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, of course that wasn't my life partner. But at the time, like, I was so determined that it was that I would never have seen it had the medicine not intervened and been like, whoa, timeline switch. (laughs) We're going to put you on this new timeline instead. Yeah. So guys it's it's deep work and it's courageous work it, yes. it's gonna it's gonna require all of you so it's it's not for the faint-hearted it really isn't um warrior keeps coming up for me warrior yeah. so the last night of my um, recent ayahuasca ceremony at our corporate retreat um my late grandfather actually came to me in ceremony and um he fought in world war ii and so veterans are very near and dear to my heart 
Um, and so what he said to me was, um, Jamie, I want to remind you that you come from a lineage of great warriors and that you are here to fight the great battle mm. of love and that you are here to continue to speak your truth because the right people will hear it and they will come and fight shoulder to shoulder with you in this great battle of love. And so I honor that. I sit with that. I embody that every single day as I show up moment to moment to do this work, to be in service. It requires that warrior, that warrior heart mm. to come forth, that courageousness and the ability to really surrender and take that leap of faith, take the leap of faith and be in constant prayer. And for me, it's being constant prayer with spirit and always asking myself, who am I? Who am I? And am I in service to the highest? Am I in service to the mm. highest? And if I am and I'm in alignment, then all the beauty and magic appears before me more than what I and my ego has ever even thought was possible. Amen. In abundance. Mm -hmm. In abundance. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like incredible In gifts. Way. Incredible yeah. gifts. Yeah. Financially, environmentally, relationally. That's what happens. Professionally. In abundance. Get ready. Yeah. When yeah. you say yes, when you answer the call, get ready. Yeah. When you answer the call and you show up and you are surfing the universe and you are in service, mm -hmm. it just flows in abundance. And it might be the most fucking painful thing that you ever go through. And there's so much uncomfortability, but it is the practice of learning how to be comfortable in the uncomfort of it all. Mm -mm. And when you sit with it and you go through it and you come out on the other side, then it is abundant. And it is love and it is freedom and it is harmony and it is joy. Oh, sister. Yeah. Well, I think that is a beautiful place to end this magical conversation on. Thank you so, so much for being here and for sharing this incredible purpose that you've been gifted with. Where can everyone come and find out more about this mission that you're on? Yeah, they can join us and visit us at psychable.com. That's P-S-Y-C-H-A-B-L-E. Um, so psyche, able, psych, able. And for us, psych also means, you know, a lot of people think it's mind, but it is really spirit. So we are enabling, empowering your spirit. Mm. And that's really where that comes from. And then I'm on all, all channels of social media, although I really try to disconnect, but um, you can find me there as well. So um, I invite everyone to get in touch with us. If you feel called to this work, if you're curious and you want to learn more and you just want to educate yourself, we invite all of you in to, to join us and, and to be in service. Beautiful. Thank and you. And to so heal. Much. And to yes. heal. And to walk each other home. Absolutely. That's what we're all doing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you so much, beloveds. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it on your social media, tag me, let me know what you thought. And of course, we would love if you would leave us a review um, on the podcast app. Let us know how you enjoyed this podcast so that more people can reach this uh, incredible information and join this beautiful community. So thank you once again for listening, for tuning in. I wish you a beautiful week. And I hope that your life is filled with love, sex, and magic.